once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here today with Mr. Joseph Isaiah, solo artist, but collaborator extraordinaire who just released a new album. And we are super excited to be talking to him today. Before we get started, though, I do just want to say thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and so for people who may not be aware of who you are and, and what you do, and if you're not aware of people, seriously, go check them out awesome music. Uh, do you want to give just a brief like intro nutshell version of who you are and what you do? Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, long story short, I'm, uh, uh, I don't know, just a maniac recording artist that does a lot of different projects. I'm currently working under the umbrella of Seeking Sirens, Sour Times, and From Under Concrete Kings. Um, and I just recently branched out into you know, doing some collaborative work. Um, I'd done some before a couple of years ago with uh, John Keita from Diecast, who I played with in City of Homes years ago. Um, and now I'm just kind of basically just trying to record as much as I can with bands or without. Uh, and that's basically me in a nutshell. Awesome. And so this album that you just put out. Hi, Curtis. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get Corey's attention. Oh, for what? I wanted to do a quick follow-up. Oh, you did? Well, it's like... I. If you don't talk, it doesn't switch to your face on my oh. camera. Okay, sorry. But I wanted to do, I wanted to just quickly ask Joseph why he did the uh, new album under his own name instead of Seeking Sirens or the other bands that he was involved with. Um, well, the, you know, the other bands all had, you know, they all have their own counterparts. For instance, Sour Times, uh, my counterpart to that is Ben Regal, who's an amazing guitarist, amazing engineer, um, and a tattoo artist of serious renown especially in the northeast of the united states um and he wasn't directly involved in this project uh and then same thing with from under concrete kings josh previty is my counterpart there um he did a line share, he does a line share of the you know the writing for from under concrete kings and i did involve him in uh you know in this collaborative record but you know uh, it was kind of the same thing like it wasn't um you know he, he didn't he didn't really take part in writing anything except for like you know an instrumental or two for me and producing some bass um, and then the same thing for Seeking Sirens. Kevin Wilson uh, is my counterpart for that band. Amazing guitarist, amazing songwriter, amazing engineer. Guy's basically, you know, I kind of hate him because he's good at everything he does without trying. He's one of those types. But, um, but you know, same thing. Like, you know, it wasn't really – I didn't really bring anybody in the band in terms of, like, a full partnership. This was a, this was a solo endeavor. Um, I really didn't want to do it under my own name. And the album title was cool, but I don't know if I wanted to use it as like an artist title or whatever. So, um, so I figured I'd just run it under my own umbrella, uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. Just curious. Okay, and this album has an absolute just like shit ton of collaborators on it. How did you decide who you wanted to approach for each collaboration? Uh, well, it's funny that you ask about that. So my, I already knew a couple of the artists on the record personally. Uh, Chris Danielli, formerly of the Acacia Strain, is a friend of mine. 
Um, I've worked with him in, you know, in the studio on a lot of projects over the years since basically 2013. Um, so he was the first one that I had asked about it because I'd already known him. And I was like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to throw together this kind of thing, this record with like a bunch of different artists on it. And I have everybody write me a song like, you know, I know you've been staying busy with music, but that's not really your primary focus. But I know you're still playing, but you're not doing anything like remotely heavy like you used to do back in the Acacia Strain days. So like, why don't you just for, you know, for old times and nostalgia, write me, a, you know, write me like a Smokey Later era Acacia Strain banger. Um, and I got him to do it. He was like, yeah, man, that'd be cool. You know, and he did it. Um, the same thing with Buzz McGrath on Earth. I played shows with him before. I followed that band for years. One of my favorite bands. Um, and while I can't say that, like, you know, Buzz and I have been friends, we've at least, you know, friendly acquaintances for many years. Uh, so that one was kind of easy. But my list of, like, people that I approach, like, compared to the people that are on the record, is vastly large, like four or five times as many. I think my list of contacts started out somewhere around around 35 or 40 artists. Um, and they were all from bands that like either were relevant now that I really liked or were still active in their bands, but like, you know, just kind of, uh, kind of toiling in, you know, lesser than their heyday for, I guess like, you know, some bands that were 10 years ago, a level touring bands were now like C or D, but still plugging away. And also I reached out to a lot of artists from bands that just weren't around anymore that I really liked from years ago. Um, I don't have the list with me, but like, you know, I think I hit up both guitarists of uh, uh, It Dies Today. I think I hit up uh, Most Precious Blood. I hit up a lot of bands that like aren't around anymore, just in the hopes of like, hey, you know, haven't done anything in a while, putting together this thing, it'd be cool. Um, but yeah, it was about 35, 40 people deep for the list. And, you know, a lot of them were, a lot of them were cold calls. Some of them I had met before, but, you know, by and large, it was just like, hey, you know, I looked them up on social media and was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but this is what I'm doing. I figured with, you know, with the pandemic and everything, people are out of work, whatever, might as well take advantage kind of thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of them didn't respond. Um but once I got a couple, so like I said, Chris Danielli was the first, and then uh, Chris Norris from Darkest Hour, well, formerly of Darkest Hour. Uh, he was a cold call, but uh, and I had followed him for years, and uh, I listened to his instrumental record that he released some years ago, and I loved it so much that one of the songs in particular, even though it was all instrumental, I went, I wrote lyrics for it and like made a song out of it. And while I was working on some other project in the studio, I like, you know, tracked as best as I could. Uh, you know, got the best mix I could out of one of these songs. It's on my SoundCloud. I think it's called uh, Nothing or something like that. But uh, that was like the linchpin for them. It was like, hey, man, I did this thing, you know, like, you know, wanted to like work together on a track. Like, this is what I did. I mean, I really loved your record, blah, blah, blah. This is cool. But once I got like two or three guys on board, the rest got a lot easier to like, you know, get a response back and be committed because I was able to be like, hey, yeah, I've got. You know, I've got Chris Danielle, I've got Chris Norris, I've got such and such. I've got these guys confirmed. So, you know, like, do you want to be a part of it? And it's one of those things like, uh, you know, it's a lot more likely to respond to somebody if there's actually something legitimate there as opposed to just like an idea. Because, you know, I'm sure, you know, random fanboys hit people's hands up like that with ideas all the time. I know I've dealt with it. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, like once I got a few, it kind of it kind of got up got up there and there was a couple that responded back and by the time they did and they were interested it was like all right well 
this project is already it's it's already quite large um and actually wound up being larger than i had wanted it to be i was really only setting out to do like about five songs and by the time i got up to like seven and like you know the eighth and ninth responsive interest came back and i was like I'm gonna have to look into this next time, man. I just it's too big right now. It's got a lot of my plate, a lot of production costs, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. So but yeah, that's basically how it went down, you know. Uh and it's you know, it took a while. But like I said, once I got those first few, it was a lot easier to get a response out of people. There's still a lot of that list of like forty artists is still like twenty five that like didn't even respond to me or give me the time of day. So maybe if I decide to do another one of these, I'll follow up with those guys and be like, hey, I, you know, cold messaged you a while ago, but this is what I want to put together. Would you be interested in doing another one, you know, kind of thing? And yeah. not that I really had that idea going forward of like doing it again, but, you know, I kind of already laid a lot of the groundwork for it. So now it's kind of starting to poke itself around in my head a little bit of like, well, it'd probably be easier to put together now, now that I got this one done. Yeah. But anyway. Sorry about the long segue there. That was perfect. We so are all that, about long segues on this podcast. Because <laughs> I can talk a dog off a meat wagon. you got to stop me sometimes, you know? <laughs> the, next, the next part of the question into that. So how do you actually pitch a well-known person to work with you? You, you, were, you didn't really go into too much detail about it. So let's actually hear how you do it. Um, well, you know, it was one of those things like I knew that, you know, somebody being a stranger, uh, you know, I, obviously I knew I was going to have to pay them some money for their time. Uh, so with that in mind, I was like, okay, let, let me like put the offer into my approach and, you know, and I, I kind of went with the industry standard of it. Like whenever you're working with anybody for the most part. You know, you put half down and then half on completion when you're commissioning for a project kind of thing, you know, like at least that's my experience with mixing and mastering, merch design, stuff like that. You know, you pay half down and then once everything's approved, you pay the rest. So, I, you know, part of my pitch was, hey, you know, um, this is what I'm looking for. And basically I was like, you know, I just really want guitars. If you want to do bass, that's great. But it's not, you know, it's optional. I have a bass player on deck, which of course was Josh Previty from Columbia Concrete Kings. Got a great bass player on deck that's going to do all the session work to make it easier. Only do it if you want. Um, it, like I need basic drum programming just so like you can articulate what kind of vibe you were going for. But if that's not your thing, basic, 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 just the idea. Um, is fine because again, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a drummer come in and live track everything you know, full production. Um, and then it was, you know, I made an offer consummate on like what I thought they might take versus like, you know, I don't want to pay too much money. <laughs> oh God. Um, I know this by the by seems counterintuitive. I'm smoking here, but, uh, it's, it's keeping the cough loose, which it's is kind of cool. It's all uh, good. That, that was the only reason I actually went and paid $12 in Massachusetts for a pack of cigarettes. Cause I knew it would like, you know, make the cost a little more expectorate. Instead yep. of just like sitting there in my chest driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, so, uh, you know, I also was like, yeah, you know, we're willing to offer this. Um, you know, we can negotiate that if you, if, you know, if you think that's not going to work or whatever, but whatever we agree on, I'm willing to pay half, half down to get you started. And then half, half a completion once, once I have a, you know, once I approve the final composition and have all the stems that I need and get the okay from my engineer that those are good. Um, and, you know, like, uh, for instances, for a lot of that, you know, 
I've never had anybody produce songs for me before. So I was somewhat unfamiliar with the concept of like royalties and percentages and stuff. So like, uh, I just kind of blanket offered like, yeah, you know, whatever we agree upon plus like, you know, 25% of the royalties for the track. If that cool. works, you know, again, we can negotiate on that. And a couple of them did, I think like, you know, buzz, uh, was super cool about it. He was like, yeah, man, I'll do this for next to nothing. And like half, half 50% of the royalties. I was like, man, everybody else got 25. Uh, if, if you really want 50, can we do it for this? And it was like, it was already cheap. And then it went to peanuts and he was like, hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. cool, sweet. Yeah. So, you know, it was one of those things like, uh, um, you know, I just tried to make it concise but like covering all the bases as possible which is a really hard line to walk when you're writing like emails and messages on social media and stuff um but yeah it basically was like just tried to be like real concise professional about it and quick and like you know hey there's no timeline on the project per se i just you know i'm looking to get it done in the next like year or two um but you know give me an answer either way no big deal no harm no foul this is just you know what i'm working on and i love your work keeping it positive like i didn't hit up anybody that like was just a cool name. Like I, I made sure that I reached out to people that like I really loved some of their releases at one time or another. Um, and that was basically it for, for the cold calls by and large, uh, you know, a couple of them didn't really even charge me anything. So oh. it was just like, yeah, you know, so uh, it was, it was cool. Like, you know, ha realizing that like a couple of people like actually knew who I was for the most, you know, to an extent. And it was like, it was like, Oh yeah, right on, man. Yeah. No, uh, I'd love to do that. And even the ones that did, it was like, Oh yeah, man, that sounds great. And I just, I, I just know I'm not going to have time, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know, like I said, out of those 40 people, at least half didn't even respond to me at all. So, yeah. but that's so, just the name of the game. I got, I got two uh, follow-ups. That question is, Hey, how did you actually cold call them? Was it like actual on the phone or were you messaging? Like, how did you actually do it? I didn't call anybody. It was either, um, you know, I would try social media first, Fair. which social media is tough, especially Instagram, because if you send a message, it just goes into the request bin. They never see it. Same thing with Facebook. Yeah. So I was, I was always looking for an email address first. Yeah. Um, and then if I couldn't find one, then I would try socials. Um, and then like, if, if I didn't get an answer back after like four, six weeks or whatever, um, and they had something that like I could comment on, yeah, you know, I'd be like, Hey, this is an awesome post, but by the by, you know, not to be a patient, yeah. but like I sent you a message, it might be in your request box or whatever. If you get a chance, look it over. And that was like the extent of the follow up of people that didn't answer because I didn't want to be a bother, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so try to find the email first. And then if not that, you know, social media, um, and then like, I'd hit them up on both. If they had like a Facebook and Instagram, hit them yep. up on both, but only follow up on one. And then, yep. uh, if I did still didn't hear anything back, that was it, you know, just cut it off. Cause I ain't got time to chase people either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, so next question is what, if you're willing to say what kind of budget should be set aside on this, if you're going to, uh, you had a lot, but just. In, on average, like, let's just say you're doing like one or two people. What would you, if you're willing, I, I won't say uh, okay. what I, what I paid uh, because there was a lot more production into this besides just commissioning the artist as Fair. you're aware, uh, yeah. you know, so um, I will say that if somebody was going out trying to do this on their own, 
you know, you've kind of got to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. So, you know, if it's something that you seriously want to do and that you're serious about doing, you like probably shouldn't offer somebody that's in a signed band like 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that sounds like a lot of money to you, but to them, it's kind of a slap in the mouth. Yeah. So I will say that much, like, you know, be prepared to go into four figures to yeah. get somebody yeah. to write a song for you because that's what they're worth. You know, it might not seem that way to you from where you're standing, but that's just the fact of the matter. So, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, that again, like I said, for me, you know, I made uh, a solid offer, yep. but I also left room for like, Hey, you know, if this doesn't work for you, I, I can go up. I, I'd, I'd prefer not to obviously, haha, you know, like make light mm-hmm. of it, but you know, like, I'm committed to doing the project that if, you know, if we need to work on a, you know, figure out a price that works for you, then that's what we do, you know? Um, but yeah, so I won't say exactly what I spent or what one would expect to spend mm-hmm. just, you know, whatever you might imagine it to be. Assume it's going to be at least twice that. That's, and, that's good info. That is yeah. very good. Yeah. Like, you know, just, whatever you would think it would be like your, your most reasoned, logical thought out. Yes. You're like, yeah, assume it's going to be double that. And then maybe make your offer in between, you know, make- in between what you thought, what the double is, and then somewhere in the middle and then, you know, work from there. Yeah. That makes and sense. And it's all fluid too. Like, so it's another thing, like what I paid kind of doesn't really matter because, you know, I hit up a lot of these guys during the pandemic when yeah. you know, there was no tours, there were no shows. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I, I got to capitalize on the fact that like, you know, some of these guys aren't working right now. So, Hey, you know, money's money. You know what I mean? I'm sitting at home anyway. Right. You know? So yeah. what I paid might've been more had it been a different year or like not during the pandemic or whatever. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, there's no way to know, you yeah. know, so, and how busy people are too, you know, like, if people technically have time where they can make the time, yep. they're not going to do that if your offer's too low or if you're not willing to pay them for that time. You know what I mean? Like, so yep. it's, it's very up in the air, you know, and I'm sorry, I can't give you a more concrete thing than that. That's because, perfect. No, nope, Like I said, perfect. even, even what I paid isn't a standard to go by, by any stretch, because I had other circumstances, both in my favor and not in theirs that kind of worked out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a negotiation. Corey, do you have a follow-up on that one or no? Not really a follow-up, just kind of a a point that like even if you are best friends with whoever you are asking to collaborate with, you should still have a budget for even those people as well. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, like like you said, I mean, you're, you're asking them for their talent and this is what they do for a living. So you should, even if you are like next door neighbors with Matt, from Trivium and he comes over to your house for barbecues all the time, you should still have a budget set aside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if anything, for those particular people, I'm of the mind that like, you know, you should offer them more than what you think they should get because, you know, that's what a good neighbor and a good friend is supposed to do. You yeah. know what exactly. I mean? Like that's yeah. just, you know, that's the supporting small business thing. Like I don't think you should ever ask somebody that's got a small independent business for a discount. It's like, no, let me, let me buy your stuff, man. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, if I buy this, 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 that, and the other thing, you, know, you want to give me that one off the top? Like, 
that's cool. But like, no, like I want to pay full price and like, I want to help out, you know? So you've got to look at it like that too. Like even your best friend, like, unless, unless they're going to get something non-monetary, that's going to make it worth their while. Like you should never, you should never like ask your friends for like a freebie or something, but not for something like this. You know what I mean? Like it's too big, you know? Yep. 100%. Cool. And so do you think working with these different collaborators um, ended up achieving what you wanted it to in terms of like the success of the release? Well, that's a complicated answer. Um, My goal when I did the record was I had no, I had no achievable goals out of it other than I wanted to do it. So like I wanted to do this good record and give it 110%, use every tool at my disposal in terms of, you know, me being a vocalist. And I wanted to write great tracks with, you know, some of the best artists that I could find in the world that would have me anyway. And I wanted those songs that I wrote with those guys to be able to compare with their other work for those bands and be like, okay, no, this is, this is comparable. You know, like, that's not to say that, you know, for instance, off the top of my head that I think I'm as good as like Tommy Vext or, you know, DL from Bad Wolves. No way. Those guys are just amazing. But the song I did, like I made sure that it went toe to toe. Like it could be counted amongst that stuff and be like, oh yeah, this is a good track. You know, this is what I would expect from these guys. Um, You know, if there was anything that would be lackluster compared to the others, it would be the vocals, which is fine. so that was really the goal of it all was just to kind of like put together this record and have it be good and have a lot of different, a lot of different styles on it. Like I kind of wanted to get, I don't know, somebody was telling me the other day, it's like, it's like a metalcore odyssey, you know, like I kind of got every little sub genre of, you know, metalcore kind of roped into one disc, yep. which is really cool. That was kind of the only thing I was looking to do. Um, but on the other hand, like, it's amazing because I didn't really try much. Like I, I, you know, I obviously wanted to do some PR and like, you know, see what it would get, but I didn't expect it would get as much publicity as it has gotten. I didn't expect it would have, have, you know, gotten it as much traction as it has. Um, again, like I said, because that wasn't really the goal. So it was a real pleasant surprise. I mean, I can't, you know, I've been at this racket a long time. And I can't tell you how many submissions I've done for like, you know, the big four or whatever, like PRP, metal injection, blah, 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 send them press kits, yada, yada. Never yep. got a mention, never got nothing. And then didn't even really try. I just kind of let you guys do it. <laughs> yep. and, uh, and and I got one. So like, that's cool. But on the other hand, too, I was like, yeah, if I don't get one for this one, I got to hang it up because, man, I'm just, you know, like, what 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 else can you do? You know, like, so, but yeah, I don't know. like. As far as my expectations go, it, it met every expectation that I had by the second I handed you guys masters. Cool. So like everything else after that has been great. Cool. Um, I think that's all we got for questions, isn't it, Corey? I it looks like I that's everything I have. That was cool. all those Cool. I do have one final, 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 final question I do want to ask Joseph about uh though. Um did you intentionally want to release the date you did because to follow up on the, on the bad wolves release or no, I've never asked you that. Um, 
No. Okay. Uh, I, I had planned, I had known that this was going to be completed around the fall of this year, a year ago. Okay. Um, so it was one of those things like the Bad Wolves record hadn't been announced yet that it was coming yeah. out in October. Yeah. Um, and actually, when I had it set up, the release date was supposed to be Halloween, but it just didn't pan out that way because uh, I think Freddie who was doing drums on the record, he had like a double booking or something ran late for some recording sessions for another thing. And he got started late. So we had to wait then for mixes and masters until after he was done. And that wound up pushing the release date back to Black Friday. I initially wanted to do a Halloween release. And again, this was all kind of planned out December of 2020 uh, before I had even known that, you know, I knew talking to Doc you know, in our back and forth about collaborating on the on the track that, you know, I knew that they were working on the new record, but they, I didn't hear a release date from them, obviously. Um, yeah. And, you know, it just kind of, it kind of worked out that way. Um, it would have been better if I made it for Halloween, because I think their record came out on like October 18th or something like that. Something like so, that, yeah. Yeah, it would have been even better, but, you know, hey, uh, it's still, it still kind of all worked out. But that wasn't intentional. It was a happy accident. Which you Fair. know, I've had I've had so much bad luck in my life. It was about time I got a, it's about time I got a nod, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, let's let's cut your break, you know. Yeah. No, I get it. Okay. Well, I think that's it, Joseph. Do you have anything final that you want to say before we end off? Uh, uh not particularly. I just you know, again, thank you guys for having me. I uh, you know, I want to have a shout out for all the artists that are you know that are on the record. Most particularly, Chris Danielli, who just you know he reamped some guitars he mixed and mastered the record and then all the while he like wrote me a smasher for this record guy's just a monster um i can't thank him enough and appreciate him enough and you know also josh previty from from under concrete kings and freddie velasco as well uh just you know for being a part of this and for helping me make it a reality um and that that was basically it you know i'm just super thankful with everything that's going on and, and i thank you guys for everything that you do and for having me on your show man i appreciate it you're very welcome and with that, party on, Corey. Party on, guys. Party on, dudes, dudettes, and all that. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.